0: Welcome to GDN's
1: Talking Comics Interview. On today's show, we welcome talented artist Dan Panotion. Dan has been a penciler or inker for both Marvel and DC, as well as for Image, Dark Horse, Boom and Dynamite. At present, he has brought his new collection of artwork, entitled Dan Panoshin, Urban Barbarian Collected Works to a Zoop Campaign. Now, here's your host, Martin Sexton. another edition of TVN's Talking Comics. I am your host, Martin, and today I have the pleasure of talking to talented artist Dan Penoshan. Dan has had comic art in mind since a very young age, and during his career, he has worked for both Marvel, DC, as well as Image, Dark Horse, Boom, and Dynamite, among others. Now he's brought together a collection of his artwork in Urban Barbarian: The Collected Works, in which he just started a Zoop campaign. So, we're going to talk to Dan about his start, his early work, and his new book with Zoo. So, let's welcome Dan Penotion to GBN's Talking Comics. Thanks Hello. for giving us a bit of your time, Dan. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Uh, are you drawing? <laughs> I was just, uh, <laughs> I'm always drawing. Sorry. Said, no, that's cool. As I said, uh, uh, I've had a couple of artists who were basically working while we were talking. I've. That's great. I have no that problem was, with that.
2: That was just a, um, I saw a little sketch I'd started of Wolverine and I'm like, I, I'm, he's one of my favorite characters. So I was like, well, what's he doing? I got to draw the claws in there. <laughs> you can't have them without the claws. Oh, that's great.
1: Okay. So uh, before we get started, uh, we just passed up the San Diego Comic-Con and uh, I understand that you uh, did uh, go on up there. So uh, how did that go and how was it like uh, getting back with the fans and some of your fellow
2: artists? it was fantastic I think everybody had a great time I mean San Diego is always you know a lot a lot of people but um, the aisles were uh, wide enough uh, in between the the booths and uh, it didn't seem overly crowded but it didn't seem um, you know slow or anything like that it seemed like a lot of people but um, you know they have so much going on in San Diego so many panels and interesting things to see that you know you you don't have um, everyone crowding constantly so it was it was a lot of fun and of course a lot of fun to connect with with everybody i got sent out there by comiXology to promote canary which is uh, debuting it's a, a project scott snyder and i are um are working on it's a horror western and comiXology uh just treated us really well put us up um had some parties um that were fun
1: but Fairly civilized. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> Excellent. I say, I say we're going to uh, talk about Canary here toward the end here. But uh, yeah. okay, so so, uh, so let's talk a bit about your background. Which number one, you said you started putting yourself out there at an early age, around fourteen, which has all yeah. of the respect in the world for me. I wanted to do that so much when I was uh, that around that age. But uh, uh, living in South Haven, Michigan, I thought there was no one around for me to send any of my stuff to. But uh, I mean, but during that time, you know, you said, when you're said, you're putting yourself out there at 14. Did your parents support that ambition at your early age? They thought of it as more of like um, maybe an experiment.
2: They go, oh, he's, he, he wants to work doing comic books. I was really into Dungeons and Dragons. And um, it was kind of out of necessity. I, I mean, looking back, you know, of course, it'd be nice if uh, your parents paid for everything and, and <laughs> And my, my parents didn't. And if I wanted to buy more uh, Dungeons and Dragons books, I either had to mow lawns or figure out another way to make, make money. And I did mow lawns, but I had an idea. I was, I was really interested in um, Dungeons and Dragons and people have characters and you'd love to see those characters come to life. So I came up with a little business. I saved up some money from uh, mowing lawns and put an ad in a magazine at the time called Dragon Magazine. It was a, it was a magazine published by the same people that published um, Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, so every day I'd come home and I'd make do these drawings for people and it forced me to um, get better and better and better. And, and soon enough, I was uh, working for small gaming companies and eventually big gaming companies um, illustrating their um, game modules, which is, I don't even know if they still call it modules anymore. It's just um, curated gameplay. Um, so it was, it was kind of fun and doing the instruction booklets and that led to, to working on... Um, some indie comics companies at the time. It was a company called AmeriComics, AC Comics. And they were gracious enough to let me uh, work with them. Um, and I think Eternity, Malibu, some other uh, Blackthorn Publishing. I, I doubt anyone remembers that, but they had um, Battletech at the time. So I remember inking Battletech.
1: Were there a lot of indie companies around at that time?
2: Yeah, tons. I mean, it's. It's not much different from today it's just the printing is a lot better and there's exceptional ways to promote yourself because of the internet
1: okay so several years later uh you went ahead and put yourself out there again at the new york comic convention and your work was noticed by neil adams and you know talking about some big guns being noticed and, uh, and you end up getting work with both marvel and dc but with the passing of neil just recently uh, what did his support mean to you at that time and now
2: Oh, I, 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 was, uh, I think I was in New York for less than 24 hours. I, I was 21. I decided I needed to get very serious about comic books or find another line of work. You know, I'd, I was taking odd jobs. I was part, not, like I said, I was bartending. I never bartended. I was, I was working at restaurants and as a waiter and during the day doing construction. But also still, I had my um, foot in, in the door with um, some comic book companies, but not, nothing major. So um, I was like, I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm officially an adult. I got to do something here. So I went up there and uh, luckily I met Neil Adams, uh, who was enthusiastic about uh, trying me out on some stuff. And um, the closest thing I ever came to mentoring, I guess, I guess it was, I'd spend the mornings with him in the studio and he'd go over all the, the work with me. And redraw <laughs> redraw everything that i turned in so <laughs> I, I showed him the new pages and he showed me yesterday's pages and how he fixed them and it was really an eye-opener and I, you know imagine getting art lessons from neil adams it, it <laughs> was um, you know really i still hear that voice in my head when i'm when i'm drawing and it's uh a, it was a real you know that's that's a blessing in life
1: Okay, so you worked as both a penciler and inker an on a number of titles, like I said, for uh, Marvel, DC. Do you prefer one discipline over the other? Do you prefer inking or drawing, or, or do, you, do you basically take on the, those uh, disciplines mainly just because it's important to have steady work at the uh, at an early well, t- time?
2: I was when I was younger, I was a better inker than I was a penciler, and. Um, certainly uh, it came easier to me. so I, I, I was always pushing the companies to let me pencil a little bit. That was always the idea I liked to pencil liked my own work. But um, they were more like like charity chops as far as I'm <laughs> sure Marvel in DC was concerned, you know they were just like, oh, he's been working so hard on all these other, other books we'll throw him a pin up or a cover or this backup story uh, here and there. But it was never anything serious until, I think I was around 24 or 25 when I got uh, bigger opportunities where Marvel offered me um, some some titles, um, but I'd already started uh, penciling and inking um, for Rob Liefeld at Extreme Studios and um, did the first uh, arc of profit comics for
1: them. Um, I said, well, you know, I've gained a lot of respect for inkers because I, you know, I, I mess with a little bit digitally and I'm just amazed at the steady hand that, especially for people who are doing it traditionally, because I would get someone's piece of paper and splat. Next thing I know, I've ruined their drawing. That's, I said, I'm amazed.
2: Yeah. Oh, no, it's, uh, I guess, again, starting so young, it really gave me the confidence to um, to do it. And I, I had this illusion in my head, this, this idea that if I was inking, like, you know, and I was, in, I got the opportunity, to, you know, guys like Jim Lee at the time, Will Spirtaccio, um, you name it, I was inking the top of the food chain, Mark Silvestri, Dale Keown. And I always thought, Larry Stroman, I, was, I always thought like that would lead by osmosis, I would become a better penciler. <laughs> that's not the case. Uh, I probably became a better anchor um, as a result of it. But uh, yeah, it just, it's just a lot of hard work with the penciling. I would say to answer your earlier question, um, I consider like penciling and inking, um, drawing and so um, kind of comes hand in hand my, my heroes were always the art heroes were always the guys that, that did the whole thing like the John Buscemas or Walt Simonsons, Frank Millers um, Joe Kubert um, those type of guys Severin you know they would they would all they would do all the drawing and um, now, it's, now it's become more popular now, now you see artists uh, handling both chores but I also like to do the color as well and uh, that book I mentioned, Canary, and actually most of the books I've actually drawn, uh, I'm allowed to
1: color them as well. So
2: it's
1: been- so uh, as far as coloring, are you uh, doing that digitally or how are you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm using a few different programs. I use Art Rage to get the uh, painterly effect. And then I um, import it into Photoshop and, uh, and clean it up and brighten things up and re- enhance it
1: cool okay okay so i also found out you know as i was researching you uh that uh that you did the you know the fake comic book covers for the film logan and i know noticed i bring that up is, of course uh, you know what these vibes were all
3: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So how did that opportunity come about?
1: Well, uh, I'm not entirely sure. I got contacted
2: from um the the prop the lead prop guy on the show and um since it wasn't a marvel film it's licensed out to fox marvel wasn't going to give them any comic books to use as props in this movie and this movie i'm I'm not going to say it centers around um actual comic books but a big plot point of the movie is that um wolverine's logan's daughter um knows about um you know Wolverine and the rest of the X-Men because of, of 80s comics. So um, they, they show them periodically. There's a sequence in there that um, kind of out, outlays a, uh, like a plan, like how to get to this Nirvana. I hopefully people have seen that Um, like a utopia for mutants. So it's an integral part of the movie. It was kind of cool, but Marvel wasn't playing ball. So what, what I did was I created a bunch of covers and interiors that um, had kind of a nostalgic 80s feel. So it was kind of neat. I got to do the trade dresses, draw the little corner boxes, create all these things. It was quite a bit of work. And eventually um, Joe Casada got wind of um, project and he got on board and he did some penciling for um, the uh, interior sequence that you see quite a bit there. And I got to do finishes on that, color it, letter it, um, and, and I, th- I believe script it. So it was a lot of um, a lot of fun and uh i have like a handful of covers that i you know completely drew i and i wrote and drew uh, a story that um to add filler to these comic books so when the actors were holding the comics they're they're real comics it's fun oh, that's, that's cool. a long answer yeah no
1: sorry. that's <laughs> cool. that's cool you know what I'm saying? i I always found it funny that you know marvel right you, even though that it, it was a uh not their picture i mean it's still their yeah. character you would have thought they would have been a little more uh, willing to contribute it. yeah well yeah. I behind the, behind
2: the scenes and i you know i don't want to throw anybody under the bus but behind the scenes they probably want those properties back and you know they want their movies to be a little bit more successful and um everybody's competitive but you know what the movie people thought those comic books were actually real and was funny to look online on message boards People were going, oh, yeah, I have that comic. <laughs> like, no, you don't. It never existed. But, but uh, that made me feel good because I'm like, okay, they, they look of the time period. Um, and I even made up phony names. You know, you never see it unless you have ultra <laughs> or 4K digital. You might be able to enhance it. And you can see the, the spoofed names I used from the 80s, um, ladies, comics to, to, to basically uh, take credit for the covers.
1: Yeah. So now I'm going to have to do that now. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, so let's get to the reason that we're talking today. And, uh, uh cause I could talk our comic art indefinitely. Uh, yeah, you sure. just started your zoom campaign for urban Barbaria: The collected works, which, uh, I see has already been funded. Uh, yeah. and, uh, I, I actually, I went, I went ahead and got on there and, uh, Put my two cents. Yeah, put my two cents in. <laughs> uh, Thanks, or, Appreciate all right, that. Not a problem. Okay, so you could, t- if you could, could you tell our followers a little bit about the book, uh, what it consists of, and how it came
3: about?
2: Well, I have I have published uh, two books before, but this is all new material, and it had been a while since I published the last one. So this is uh, material we've compiled from artwork I do on our drink and draw social club uh, YouTube channel. There's tons of artwork that maybe a lot of people haven't seen. There's also uh, comic book covers and um, character design work that, uh, you know, I I've created a, a few different series and I always um, character design um, even if I'm not drawing the book. So I, I kind of want to bring the whole package to a publisher. So it's kind of interesting. And I, As a fan, I've always, that's the stuff, I, I guess because I pursued it, a career in this, but that's the stuff I really was into. The kind of behind the scenes artwork that um that creates a comic so i'm going to show some process um work i want to show color work i want to show black and white work um, and this this book is going to have all, have it all it's, i can't i can't wait till i'm finished compiling it it's almost done and um I'm, i've written a lot in it um, there's you know usually you see a lot of art books they there um uh, you know they're just pictures and And certainly this book is chock full of them, but, (laughs) but I've also, you know, uh, you know, written in, written um, besides them, you know, a lot of what, what was this, what was this used for What was some of the thinking behind it.
1: So it was actually kind of cool because, you know, as a comic book uh, geek from the 70s, I'm, I'm all into the, the process of what goes into things. So uh, oh, it's part of the reason why uh, this intrigued me. OK, so you were working with uh, Jordan Plosky and, and Zoop on this campaign, as I said. Yes. So uh, why did you uh, select Zoop for your crowdfunding? Um, I've
2: known Jordan for a number of years and, you know, occasionally we'll go out to a bar or a tavern. And uh, I didn't know this, but he has a he, he's been taking pictures of me um, various compromising uh, scenarios. And, you know, I'm a married man and for the family and, uh, I can't let some of this stuff get out. Jordan knows this. He's a shrewd business guy. And, uh, I had, you know, I had to go with him basically. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Obviously <laughs> I'm kidding, but, um, no, Zoop offers a great, great deal. They handle the fulfillment. Um, they've had some successful campaigns. Uh, Jordan and Eric are both great guys. And, uh, Uh, it's it's a nice experience that kind of i've never done a crowdfunded campaign before and and they kind of hold your hand the whole way through it so it's all very new to me and so far it's been um relatively easy you know it's just a matter of scheduling time to do interviews and i love doing interviews so it doesn't uh it's great it's all good
1: I say well, especially for your first one. Actually, Zoom's a great way to go, as you say, because they handle a lot of the heavy lifting, uh, yeah. basically. So, so that's that it works. Uh, okay, so I did also notice another thing that I I don't think I've ever seen as far as comic artists. You designed a font, an urban barbarian font, which well, actually. With, would, <laughs> <laughs> as yeah, I with say with of
2: Richard Starking, um, you know, he he's he does a lot of signature um, comic book pro fonts and uh Richard's an excellent guy and obviously you know he's an award-winning uh Eisner award-winning letterer and when he asked me if I was interested I was like 100 percent so a lot of the comic books I draw are uh, I use that f- I I request the letterers if Richard's not lettering it um the other letterers will use that font so it's kind of cool not only am I drawing it and coloring it and writing it um it's also the fonts so it's awesome
1: you know i say well when uh when you see the graphic for our interview you'll see your font because <laughs> oh, cool. I, uh, you know, <laughs> I love uh, it yeah, yeah richard spells
2: people. it there's two yeah. different versions there's a dan pan ocean i mean all of them are named after the artists that uh, do it but there's also an urban barbarian which is more of a graphic rough um version that's it's. i guess you consider a little bit of a special effects comic book style lettering and i use i use it myself when i'm when I'm doing sound effects in the various books, because I I like hand-drawn sound effects in comics. I just think they have an interesting and organic feel to them, and they feel more a part of the art. Because, you know, many times with digital, um, the the two don't necessarily marry well together, at least in my opinion. So when you see it and it's all done on the page, you know, in a perfect world, my pages would be hand-lettered. But that, you know, that's crazy and it's impossible, a little bit indulgent. So, you know, the the most I can do is I can hand letter some of this stuff on there, but I use (laughs) the template that Richard created, you know, and maybe I'll exaggerate or I'll stretch it or, uh, you know, do something. But it's all based on uh, the work we did together to create that font or those fonts.
1: Excellent. Like I said, I, I had never seen that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Okay. Oh, so, all right. So, uh, okay. I want to thank you again, once uh, again, for your time, Dan, is so that before I let you go, I wanted to give you an opportunity to promote uh, a new project because you had just mentioned Canary oh. with Scott Snyder. Uh, so I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about that. Oh, thanks. Yes. Uh, I'm wrapping up Alice Ever
2: After at Boom Studios and uh, the, book uh it's done very very well thank you everybody who's picked it up and in, enjoyed that series um me and the rest of the team we, we had a great time uh making it and the uh, latest issue issue number four is out right now next month is the last uh finale maybe you can get some back issues at your comic store and the one i just just launched during san diego is canary and scott snyder uh wrote it and i drew it um i guess you could say we co-created it but um he created the writing i created the drawing i guess um and that's out now through comiXology and you can pick it up free which is super cool and you can get it on kindle as well or any any sort of reading platform but it's kind of neat that you can pick up free and then eventually dark horse comics will take that compile it and create a graphic novel that'll be due out a few months after they wrap the series up
1: excellent well as i said i appreciate it and we will follow uh your zoop campaign uh very closely and also uh canary and uh ho- hopefully talk to you again uh in the future real soon i'd love it thanks
2: for taking the time martin i really appreciate it
1: all right well so we'll we'll talk to you later i appreciate it
2: thank you for listening to gvn's talking comics please come back again talking comics is a production of geek vibes nation